there's always going to be challenges. I mean, right now you're dealing with a couple. Right now I'm dealing with a couple. Everyone's dealing with challenges because it would not be the adventure into the jungles of time and space without challenges. No challenges? Boring. You did not sign up for boring. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's time for a spiritual tune-up. Uh, happy Tuesday to one and all. I missed yesterday. I had COVID for about four days and it was really, really mild case. I think, you know, thank goodness I did the vaccines and the boosters. That's my choice and it made for a very smooth um, but kind of tiring couple of days. So I'm back in the saddle. Let's see what we got for you. Thanks for your questions. Post them down below on the day of a live broadcast, Facebook or Instagram, and they could be my talking points in the days ahead. Mike, how do you focus your visualizations and actions after your wish has been achieved? But maybe it's presenting you with a few challenges. For example, you manifested your dream job or an amazing relationship. You are filled with joy and everything is in the flow, but then you hit some challenges and you're not quite so happy. Do you recreate a new wish for happiness? Um, do you look for different pathways through the situation you're in? Or is this being too specific and you should go back to the original wish and start looking at all the pathways in and out of the current situation? Uh, this is a great example of how we tend to overthink, overanalyze, and try to micromanage. A couple of thoughts for you here. First off, there's always going to be challenges. I mean, right now you're dealing with a couple. Right now I'm dealing with a couple. Everyone's dealing with challenges because it would not be the adventure into the jungles of time and space without challenges. No challenges? Boring. You did not sign up for boring. You did not sign up for winner's circle 24-7 every day of my life. Everybody falls in love with me. You didn't sign up for that. You wanted to be poked. You wanted to be tested. And just because you're now getting really good at manifesting, and you've always been a natural born manifester, but now you're doing it consciously, that doesn't mean challenges go away. Take this challenge. Take the bait here. Start seeing your challenges as an adventure. Do not see your challenges as a, a demerit system, as a, a mark against you, uh, as evidence that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> challenges are an invitation from your highest self, from infinite wisdom, to go even deeper into life, to know yourself even better, to love like you have never loved before. That's what every single challenge is. Every single challenge is points to some kind of misunderstanding you still have about the nature of reality. Until you're absolutely crazy falling in love with every second of the day, living in eternal bliss and ecstasy, you're gonna have challenges. 
Because the truth is you live in bliss. You are pushed on to greatness. You are as powerful as God Almighty. And so everything that shows up that says, oh, that's scary. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to say this. Oh, I've lost control. It's like, no, no, you silly thing. You've totally got this thing. And so when this thing shows up, say, oh, what is it about me that didn't see that I totally got this? What is it about me that, that I forgot to fall in love with? What is it about me? And, and you will find the yellow brick road. So the first part of the equation here, beyond don't overthink challenges or don't try to over manifest, micromanage your life, is to realize that challenges are part of the glory of living here. And they're never by accident. It's not just like, oh, I, I kind of got this thing I got to deal with and nobody has to deal with it. And I don't want anybody to know about it. Uh, nobody else has to deal with it, but I have to deal with it. Everybody's dealing with theirs. Everyone. And some may be graver than others and some may be more challenging than others. And it's different parts of the path and different lifetimes. But everyone's dealing with something. So if you can realize that it's custom tailored for you, that this is your leg up to more love and more joy and being a brighter light. If you face it head on and if you don't pretend, oh, that was a bad manifestation. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. It's like you knew what you were doing. It's supremely okay. Challenges don't go away. When they do, that means the adventure's over because it's not going to be fun anymore. But that doesn't mean they need to hurt. They don't have to hurt you. They don't have to scare you. Face them head up greet them. Hello, fear. What are you going to teach me today? Let's do it. I'm ready. Then the challenges become fewer and fewer, smaller and smaller. And when they do show up, you're like, Ooh, this is going to be a good one. This is going to take me to places I have never been before. All right. Another thought here on this same thing. Um, when you're coming from the brand new awareness of your power as a manifester and now you're making it deliberate it can seem like you know your whole life is a to-do list and you've got these check boxes I need to pay the bills and I need to get the car and I need to have the vacation and I need to have the house and I need to and that puts you on this wheel where you're manifesting one thing after another one thing after another and it's like that that's not what life is life is so much more than manifesting which doesn't mean you're not doing it 24 7 and it's a real trick to wake up and realize you're doing it 24-7. And then you can do it intentionally. But there's still so much more. Like enjoying the journey. Like a good laugh. Taking some time off. Um, appreciating your challenges. Learning. Asking. What else can I learn in this realm of my life? There's so much more going on. Yet, we can become blinded to all else going on. If it's like, I got to do this. And then I got to do this. And I got to do this. What about that and this and there and here? There's like so many things besides this ladder. And then if you're criticizing yourself and you know, this manifestation didn't work as well as I thought it should, and this one isn't coming as fast as it should, you get lost on that single file ladder when there's so much else going on. So enjoy all of life and, and smell the roses and drink the coffee and um, allow yourself to have some time off. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. Choose the good ones. Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Thank you for the awesome questions down below. 
A special shout out to Infinite Possibility members. Your questions get the top priority. I answer questions four days a week, Monday through Thursday, right here live, Facebook and Instagram. Mike, this is a touching question. Mike, I'm curious how people really believe that God, the universe, or whatever you call it, actually loves you. I'm 60 and I have felt alone all of my life, even with the others, even when with others, even when with others. Okay. So, okay. Um, well, the equation's pretty simple. The first bit of advice I have is kind of uh, tricky, but let's just skip past uh, what love means from the universe versus love from a human sense. Human sense, it's, it's a polar, polarity-driven emotion. Uh, in a human sense, love is always conditional. Um, now the question is being asked, how does someone know that God loves you? Uh, usually, with human connotations, uh, that means God could choose not to love you. Uh, and the love of the divine, however esoteric that might sound, is something of such a sublime, constant nature. It is impossible to peg or pin down to words. And thinking that it could exist or not exist means that there's not an understanding of what love is. Okay, I want to skip that conversation while acknowledging that it is there and that you are loved in a way that is incomprehensible to the human mind beyond anything uh, similar to a human love. And what I now will share may hopefully help you see that uh, in ways that a human lens would prevent you from seeing it. Um, here's the, the, the second tricky thing, I guess, uh, that I wanted to share as well. Uh, and this is uh, not to make anybody feel guilty. But the way things work here in these mysterious and sacred, holy, treasured jungles of time and space is you get more of you. You get more of what you're thinking about. You get more of what you're feeling. If you're feeling bummed out, tell me if this has ever happened to you. You're feeling bummed out. Maybe you're feeling depressed. Maybe you're feeling life is kind of hopeless. And then you stop and contemplate with that mindset because you can't just take that mindset off. And you look at your past and it's always been pointless and it's always been bleak and there was never a lot of opportunity. There was never a lot of hope. There was never a lot of love. That's because you're looking at your past through the prism of disappointment in the now. You're magnifying and extending and projecting whatever you're feeling in any given moment in the now to wherever you cast your gaze. The same is true looking to the future. If right now you feel bummed out, hopeless, you look to the future, it's like, what's the point? That's because right now you're feeling bummed out and hopeless. If on the other hand, you're feeling filled with joy and possibilities, you look back and you're like, yeah, life has always been good. You look forward, it's like, yeah, you know, anything could happen. Anything wonderful could happen. It's a gift, I'm so glad to be here. We don't realize that we colorize our views of past, present, and future, here, there, have, have not, other people, all circumstances, the nature of reality, based on how we're now feeling. And so if someone's coming from kind of a, a melancholic perspective in the world, everything's going to be kind of drab. If someone's feeling kind of alone, 
everywhere they look, they will see separateness. They will see loneliness. And this is something that can be be perpetuated an entire lifetime. But I'm still getting to the good part, so hang in there. All right, I'm going to give you cause to begin looking for and seeing other things. And it's going to begin with this simple question that you can put as much of your brilliance towards as possible and I think uh, be daunted nonetheless. Uh, look at the this impossible gig called life. I mean, I just saw a meme the other day, chances of winning the lottery, six million, but you still buy the ticket. Chances of dying in a plane crash, four million and one, and you still buy the ticket. Chances of, you know, on and on and on. Chances of being alive, it's like one, and they came up with some bogus number, one in four zillion. Chances that you have the life that you now have. Chances that we exist and live and breathe and grow and wonder and can hold hands and can fall in love even if fleetingly. There's zero. There's zero in a world of random or a world of um, chaos or a world of chance. We don't live there. We live in a world of order. We live in a world of perfection. And the chances of this existing are like zero. But yet it exists. The spectacular beauty, the mind-numbing colors, the aromas, the possibilities, the views, the vistas, the space, the outer space, the inner space. Did you know that there are birds, birds, the Arctic Tern, that flies 8,000 miles at the onset of every winter from Siberia to land 8,000 miles away, 8,000 miles away to warmer weather in Australia. One way trip, 8,000 miles, and that they do most of their flying while they sleep. And did you know that there are whales, whales, big giant mammal fish in the Atlantic Ocean off of Newfoundland, Canada? that communicate with their brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, in the Caribbean Sea, 2,000 miles away, through song. That there are insects without eyes that have no trouble whatsoever finding their soulmates. Did you know that? That there are flipping caterpillars that fall asleep, only to wake up as flipping butterflies. And that doesn't come close to scratching the surface of the miracles that are within your reach right now. A flower, your big toe, your nose, uh, the, the, the countless cells and the transference of energy and electrical signals flashing from your big toe to your brain and throughout all of your body and cells being replenished and gravity holding you into your place and all of this unending magic happening throughout our entire lives and there's a hundred million species different species a hundred million different species depending on how on how you define a species it's between I think um, 15 a uh, hundred and fifteen million oh I, okay 15 million to 100 million. That's it. 15 million to 100 million. Okay. Fact attack. Okay. Uh, 
15 million to 100 million different species on planet Earth, depending on how you define species. Different species! What, I've named about seven so far. There's like another 100 million different species, each inhabiting air, land, and sea, every crack and crevice, nook and cranny on this planet is teeming with life. Did you know there are microorganisms that thrive in hot lava pits? I mean, it's impossible that we exist, yet we exist. And the only explanation, oh, give me a break, it could never be evolution. It could never be um, anything that would imply time, space, and matter are bedrock reality. Time, space, and matter are illusionary. Einstein and known science has proven that, that matter is energy, whirling energy. And, and to think that matter or rock is what ultimately morphed into consciousness I mean, that's even, that, that's so absurd and ridiculous. It's never happened. It's never been documented. Uh, where did the first amoeba come from? Where did the energy come from for that first amoeba? How come there are still amoebas? Evolution describes nothing. Evolution is evidence that biological creatures can adapt to their environment. And they can change in great ways over millions of years, but there's no evidence of an amoeba evolving into an elephant. There is zero on planet Earth. It's never happened. Amoebas don't gradually become elephants, nor do they become otters, nor do they become dolphins, nor do they become human beings. And monkeys and primates never became human beings. That little, that little diagram of the monkey and then he's standing taller and taller, and then he's walking upright, and then you see the footprints, and he's wearing high heels. What a great story, right? It's awesome story, but those fossils don't fit together like that. Those are some people trying to make things work, and they theorize that we all crawled out of the ocean uh, uh, from four legs to two legs to high heels. It's like a great story, and I love the ending of that story. But that's not the source of reality, the source of our existence here. What is the source? Intelligence beyond anything that we can comprehend. Call it God or don't call it God. Call it all that is. Call it source energy. Call it the universe. Call it whatever you want, but don't deny it. Okay? And when you see this intelligence that put the stars in the sky, 10 sextillion stars at a minimum, at a minimum, not to mention planets, you start to get a, you know, you still can't even get a sense of the intelligence that's out there. And when you realize that if it wasn't all with some kind of profound love, beyond a human love, that if there was any kind of infection, just a little bit of a, a lot of love but sometimes hate, this whole thing would have come undone and never, never gotten to a point where we would be having a conversation. There is only love. It's all love. Light is love. Intelligence is love. Energy is love. There is only love. So the question, how do people really believe that God loves them? <coughs> you got to redefine love. You got to see it. Use your intellect to pry you down that path, you're not going to be able to figure much out, but you'll be able to figure enough out to realize that it's not chance, that it's not a byproduct of luck or chaos, 
um, that there's order, there's always been order, that there's perfection, that there's meaning, that there's purpose. Even if you can't connect those dots, you can realize that there's a mind great enough that did, and hence we are here. And it's all made possible through love, a benevolence, a kindness, a compassion, a cooperation, a oneness. That's how you see and understand that God must love you. And that you are here maybe having a bad day or feeling, and I'm not speaking to the questioner, I'm speaking to my own moods, but that I might be here having a bad day or feeling bummed out or not thinking that there's much hope in life or it all seems pointless and then there's a war and then there's COVID and then there's people punching each other out and doing worse things than that. Um, just because my mind in that moment can't make heads or tails of it doesn't mean there isn't love holding that picture together. There isn't order, meaning, purpose in every nanosecond of every breathing life. And one day at a higher elevation, it's going to make beautiful sense. And you and I will cry and cry and cry unending rivers of tears for the beauty that's everywhere. And we're going to wink at each other and we're going to say, oh man. How did I forget? How did I forget? Let's go back. Let's go back into the jungles of time and space. And I'll remind you and you remind me and we'll, we'll live in joy and we'll cooperate and we'll respect and we'll honor. And just because we can't connect every dot with our little pea brains, we're going to be able to still surmise that there could only be love that explains the majesty of life and its prolific nature and the second chances and the infinite chances that we get again and again and again. And that's not denying the ugly and that's not denying the painful, but it's putting together some kind of context to say, hey, from our level, we can't explain that ugly and I'm not denying that ugly, but from another level, something's being learned. And there is wisdom being added to the equation and love and compassion are going to be forthcoming and let me not judge lest I be judged. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Uh, thanks for the great questions that followed up on yesterday's discussion on why do people believe God loves us? Uh, thanks for the feedback. I really appreciate that. Your comments below uh, help me keep doing this. And that's the follow-up question, how to have faith, what to believe. Mike, where do you derive your philosophy from? It's not my philosophy, okay? It's a pretty universal. It's been out there for millennia. I.e., that the universe wants to give us our heart's desire. Or... What do you base it on? I need to know to give this some gravitas for me to be able to believe in. Okay, well, fair question. There's so many ideas. Where do you begin to say this feels right, this must be truth, and the rest is not truth? <clears throat> a premise of mine, and it, and it ought to be a premise of yours, is that there is a truth. It is objective. It is absolute. It is benign. It is empowering. If an idea speaks of life's beauty or your power and leaves nobody behind, this is my litmus test. I've shared it before. It's solid gold. If an idea 
speaks of life's beauty or speaks of your power and leaves nobody behind. An idea can't be true for one person and not true for another person. If it is universal, if it is uplifting, if it is beautiful and enshrined in love, it is truth. Everything else, kind of, sort of, maybe, hell, heaven, the devil, forget it. It's a bunch of bunk. Even the heaven thing, which implies hell, it's better than heaven. There's just bliss and ecstasy, unending, unconditional love. That's where we live. And the whole challenge, the whole hook here is beginning to see that. So how do we get there? I haven't even started to answer yet. Uh, I'm not naive to that. Uh, I've just kind of taken a little detour here. Um, let me advocate as well, contrary to what conventional wisdom will tell you. Stop looking for answers outside of yourself. Not even what I'm telling you. Okay, stop looking outside. It's the old mind, old school thinking that believes that in order to grow, you must seek, seek, seek out in the world. That's the last place you're going to find answers. Go within. Trust yourself. Ask yourself. You're smarter than you know, and you've surprised yourself many, many times. Go within. Suss it out. What feels right? What makes sense? Where are you finding balance? Does it speak of the beauty? Does it speak of your power? Does it include everyone? Then you're on to truth. What was yesterday's idea? Just through mere observation, including of oneself, we can realize that intelligence permeates every cell of your body as it replicates, as it expires, as new ones are born. And the thumbnail goes, the, the cells in the thumbnail go to the thumbnail and the cells in the right ear go to the right ear. It's like the brilliance, however facetious my little example may be just there, is everywhere in the species, 100 million species, 10 sextillion planets, the balance, the perfection, the harmony, even when you can't see the order, there is order. Even when you can't feel the love, there is only love. Okay. And this is what you are born of. This is what we spoke of yesterday. This is what my theory and conclusion was yesterday. This was the rationale I built up to yesterday. And now we want to focus on ourselves as part of it because it's not like there could be God beauty and magnificence and then there's you like where would you have come from you are that God you are that beauty there is no other way this is simple deductive reasoning this is simply connecting a few dots don't go where you can't go the the gaseous makeup of a black hole in outer space you can start opining on the beauty and the purpose and the order and the majesty that are before you. And what will you notice? You will notice invariably that divine mind dwells within, that you are pure God source energy, and that the reason we're here, so easy to see, so easy to see, like what's your purpose? Why are you here? To learn and to have fun, to grow and to be in joy. That is the non-stop cycle of every single amoeba, mosquito, butterfly, you or me. 
We're learning or having fun. We're learning or having fun. We come out of the cave to have fun and oh, we stub our toe and we learn. Now we're not going to stub our toe there anymore. We go a little further. We have a little more fun. <clears throat> the next thing you know, you are soaring. We can observe through deductive reasoning that all life is here to express. And expressing is learning and having fun. Learning and having fun. Value fulfillment. As the book title goes from Seth, dictated by Jane Roberts. It's all about value fulfillment and the values you have. Learning joy. Learning joy. The more you learn, the more joy. The more joy, the more you want to learn. This is what's happening. We're not here to be tested, judged, and sentenced. That was somebody's idea to scare your ancestors. It never made any sense. Why would the magnificence of God put somebody here to test them? Test them for what? For We're all of God. God's not going to go test God. Divine mind doesn't go test divine mind. Divine mind is the playful creator of all. And we have chosen to forget that we're everywhere always at once so that we can rediscover it and have a brand new journey and go from here to there and have to have not. Game on. And experiencing these journeys is much more intoxicating and powerful than theoretically being everywhere always at once. Oh, theoretically, theor let me get lost. Let me discover the lions and tigers and bears. Let me wonder if I'll ever get to the top of the summit. And then when I get to the top of the summit, oh my God, and you fall in love along the way and you are loved along the way. And so the truth is absolute. You are of God, by God, pure God. You are here to rock and roll, to learn and to live in joy. You have everything you need to do exactly that. You've been doing exactly this your entire life. And because the truth is absolute, and it's not wishy-washy different from one person to the next, we can realize that thoughts along the lines of truth, and the truth is so benign. We're of God, by God, pure God. We're eternal beings. We're powerful. Our, powerful, our power comes from our focus, our thoughts, words, and actions. Um, we're all in this together. Everything is playing out for the higher good. Those are the only truths I'm talking about. There's no other truths, and those are absolute. And thoughts in alignment, your thoughts in alignment with the beauty and your power and the eternal landscapes before you, those thoughts in alignment with truth become things really fast. They go with the current of life, the tidal wave of magnificence that brought you here, that you steered here. You wanted to be here. You are surfing Hang Ten on the razor's edge of reality creation in these jungles of time and space. You knew what you were doing and this is what you wanted to do. And when your thoughts, your wonder, your learning, your what ifs are in alignment with the waves that are rolling, the waves being the truth, that we are one, that we are powerful, that there is only love. Those thoughts become things really quick because they're you're totally congruent with them. You're not some, you know, 50-50 neutral thing. You are God, as I have said many times before. And so thoughts out of alignment, thoughts like God's an angry white man and I might go to hell and people are natural born sinners and the world is a wicked, evil place. Lies, 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 lies. Those are hard to bring into your experience. We can do it. 
but they're very difficult. And this is where I often say, it's therefore as if our positive thoughts, thoughts in alignment with truth, are 10,000 times, at a minimum 10,000 times, more powerful than thoughts out of alignment with truth. Okay, this is what we call positive and negative thinking, but those are judgments. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. So rather than say positive, negative, thoughts in alignment with truth, which are usually positive, are 10,000 times more powerful than thoughts of lies. Like, I'm dumb, it won't work, nobody likes me, I can't do it, won't. So, now, your question. I want some gravitas, Mike. Um, where do you get your philosophy that the universe wants to give us our heart's desires? The universe is us. You are the universe. It is metaphorical to talk about the universe out there loving you. Oh, the universe adores you. That's metaphorical. But it's much better than saying God is out there to punish you or test you. So it's a big step forward to say the universe is out there and it wants for you what you want for you. And it is way closer to truth than what we used to say. The greatest truth is the universe is me and I am the universe. And what I want, the universe wants, because we are one. And what the universe wants, I want, because we are one. And so to say, where do you get off Mike saying that the universe wants to give us our heart's desires? The universe, as we reviewed yesterday, is filled with intelligence. It is filled with love. It is nonstop expansion and learning and adventuring, as we talked about at the outset of today. So the universe is filled with desire. It's not done. There's infinite realms and infinite dimensions and infinite probabilities for everything you're going to choose to do in your own life today. And there's 8 billion other players on this planet in this dimension alone. And there's millions upon millions upon billions of other planets with other lives and other dimensions. So the universe is not done. The universe is filled with desires. But the universe is every desire. It is every desire fulfilled, but it hides itself from that in these jungles of time and space so that you can fleetingly not see that you're everywhere always at once. And you can fleetingly believe I'm here, but I'm not there, but I'd like to go there. So let's get it on. And now the journey's underway and your wishes will be granted because your wishes are the universe wishes and the universe wishes are always granted because the mind that created 10 sextillion stars can figure out how to put bread on your plate, a shirt on your back, or a million dollars in your bank account. Whatever your heart desires, the universe wants it for you because the universe is it. Is your desire fulfilled? It is you. Uh, there is only up. There is only home. There is only love. It is all good. The universe wants for you what you want for yourself because you are one and the same with the universe. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up along with one million other subscribers for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my infinite possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So 
Check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.